Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, pick Gadien. Jared Brandon, as Jared Brandon, is not here. He's being Jared Brandon, um, getting his house moved, and unfortunately couldn't join us today. Boo. It was very sad. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. No, don't boo uh, Jared. In his place... In his place is Rob Chafe. Actually, not in his place. He's just here because no, he's not part of the thing. So technically, Tony's in his place. I'm actually yes. sitting in Jared's that place, and true. I'm in Tony's hey, place. Hey, everybody! It's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We are thrilled, Whoa. thrilled, thrilled Whoa. to death that you are listening to our show. Uh, hopefully, again, and and for the first time, that's even super exciting too. We're going to have a great show today. What's it about, Todd? Well. It's it's changed because originally if this was the episode and we were featuring Andy Ferris, the guitar geek, who just informed us. uh, So he's in Austria right now. He just informed us uh, he's actually uh, encountered a pretty severe storm and his no power, no power. And his mobile tower has been knocked out. And so he had to go up the road to, you know, call us and let us know what's going on. So we're going to have him on uh, in a in a upcoming episode very very soon it won't be like months out it's gonna be like right around the corner drive safely andy yes please uh we're really excited to have him on Uh, in the meantime if you haven't uh if you're not familiar with that go look him up on youtube he's a a really approachable uh fun chap and we're looking forward to talking with him on the show and he's got a big head of hair he's got a he's got a very sustainable uh melon (laughs) <laughs> yes, I guess for like better terms, it's 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 uh, you know I'm jealous of any was, of that. I was going to ask yeah. if you were jealous, but I didn't want to <laughs> yeah. be rude about it. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, so in 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 his stead, what we are doing this is, um, we got a couple working titles. The first one is Big Fat Medley. I'm offended by that. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, no comment by the medley part or? yeah the medley part <laughs> uh, uh, boy anyways so but, but the, you know that's cool because we have there's a lot of stuff going on in the guitar world right now and um so we're going to take the opportunity to cover absolutely off a lot of that stuff we're going to make lemonade out of lemons that is true i also want to just kind of give a nod to some of the awesome upcoming guests we've got native audio coming up we've got uncle amps coming up we've got chris gill from uh he's the he was the uh editorialist from um uh several magazines oh wow uh, so we have several guitar magazines he did the van halen book oh yeah that's show. right that's right he's that's gonna, right we're gonna do a uh, right there. Wood, um a 101 on yeah. japanese pedals Ah, yeah. and uh, we got a whole bunch of others. Those are ones that are just coming up, and I've got a list of people that I'm going to be reaching out to this weekend to get them scheduled. So it's going to be great. We've got some fantastic stuff coming. Nice. Um, oh, also excellent new news. Also, speaking of guests, new news, new news. Um, <laughs> several. <laughs> let's see. In 2019, I reached out to a certain person who just reached back out to me. He said. <laughs> He's been busy. <laughs> well, it, you know, plat- all the different platforms, it's very difficult for me to keep track of all of them because oh, yeah. between my personal thing, my band, the company, the this, there's like four different platforms that I got to, well, five. Dude, same here with all the business stuff. And somebody will send me a message and doesn't get a reply right away. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, a Mr. Brett Kingman. 
Ah. The famous Brett Kingman. Yes. Uh, demo artist extraordinaire uh, on YouTube and uh, and all the other platforms uh, said, hey, I just got your message. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> and, great. <laughs> and, but, he, you know, I understand. And he's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. But let's do this. So I'm really excited that we're going to get him on because um, he's an extremely knowledgeable person as far as the gear goes. Nice. And um, does fantastic demos. He's an absolutely effortless player, too. So it's great fun to watch. Um, and if you're not familiar with Brett Kingman for some reason, um, check him out. Check him out on the YouTube. And uh, let's see here. So we got a whole bunch of stuff that we're going to talk about. But first, we need to give a quick announcement. We need to thank Road. So um, <laughs> for supplying all our fantastic audio gear, we're very grateful for them and for our pal Nick Stillman down Nick! there. And um, yeah, so. Keeping us keeping us sounding good, feeling right. It does. It does sound, feel, and look good. And they're they're coming up with some really fantastic innovations as of late um, that yeah. are actually reaching beyond people who are like like ourselves who are just like, hey, if you want a podcast, well, what if you don't want a podcast? They've got amazing actual recording gear that you can use, and also some fantastic accessories that are that are coming out. So. I like that portable unit that you took over to Rob's to mm. record the addendum to yeah, the tube those thing. Are, those that, are, was, that was neat. So well built. Yeah. It's shocking how when you get, when you hold one of these, whether it's the mic Not literally shocking. Right now, it is not shocking. <laughs> it is. It's properly Good ground. clarification. <laughs> it is. It is. Although at awe-inspiring. Rob's house, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well, you know, when you pick up something of quality and you're like, whoa. Oh, I this know. Is, this I is know. really nice. How much was this? Mm-hmm. And then yep. you're like, wait, really? That, yeah. That's not bad. So anyways, thank you very much for that. I also wanted to share a note that we got. Um, this one, it's it was on a little bit on the long side. Uh, this is from Trevor Newman, and he sent this to me, and it was kind of cool because I, Tony, I think you're particularly going to enjoy this. Okay. Um, so he said, <clears throat> a thought on your recent podcast regarding guitar destruction. Mm-hmm. Naturally. Pete Townsend is the master of this genre, and my recollection goes to his his goes back to his appearance at the Marquee Club, Wardour Street in London's mm-hmm. West End. The year was 1968. The Marquee was a small club, and to see any band there was a treat. On this particular night, 23rd of April, the club was packed. Uh, the Who had recently come back from an American tour, and their fans were eager to welcome them back to British shores. If my memory serves me, the opening act was Jethro Tull. Oh, wow. Top of the bill was The Who. The marquee at the time was a low stage, and the crowd had just two rows of seats for the audience and the rest standing. I was standing, but my friend Daryl, who I didn't know at the time, was seated in the second row. We have conferred as to actually what happened, but naturally... We are relying on the memory of two men who have seen their best days behind them. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that's a little bit harsh, but. Yeah, because they were in their 40s back then, right? Who? 
Jeez. <laughs> no, the who? No. Uh, I'm just kidding. The problem with remembering things from so long ago is that the memory does sometimes play tricks on you. Mm. I seem to remember Roger Daltrey swinging his mic over the audience and hitting a girl in the head with it. <laughs> I would pay to see that. He apologized, wow. but Daryl is blank on this event. <laughs> Daryl will remember. I really actually want to talk to, I think it'd be fun to talk to Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> maybe so. And both of these guys about some things. Daryl remembers that from his close seated position, he got a good look at the 345, uh, the guitar. As actually, Pete, Rose Morse, 1998. Well, he brings that up. Okay. Okay. As PT turned round, he could see that the guitar had previously been repaired. He mentioned two bolts holding the headstock together. Mm -hmm. Also, an amount of blood coming from Pete's hand as he broke the 345 neck. I am pretty sure that I had another, that they had another band on between JT and The Who. My my, My recollection was that it was the gun, parentheses, race with the devil, but Daryl does not remember it. Daryl's not very helpful to this yeah, story. I don't think Daryl was even there. Um, <laughs> well, he was seated. Yes, I, no, he has a concert. And they can find and well, and they can find anything. no written eBay. evidence uh, of their appearance that night. Anyway, that is my memory of the strangest guitar breaking event for Pete Townsend. I agree with Tony. My favorite breaking event would have been anything with a Rose Morris Rickenbacker. Yes. However, uh oh. I didn't start seeing The Who until 1967. And by that time, I think the Rickenbackers had been replaced. Yeah, they were all broken. At my first (laughs) 1967 Who gig, Pete Townsend played a Gibson 612 twin neck. Hard to imagine. What year was that? 67. Huh. Going back to the podcast about Immortal Axes... There was a lot of mention about Peter Frampton and Pete Townsend. I saw them both on the same bill in the 60s with The Herd, Frampton's band, supporting The Who. Now, wait a minute. The, the 612, was that the same one that he's uh, seen on uh, All the Best Cowboys Have Chinese Eyes? You're album? asking me that? Yeah. I mean, you said you know all this stuff. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I said. So if that if that is indeed, I actually saw, I actually picked up that guitar. Really? Yes, it was uh, at the Gibson Repair Shop years ago, and um, the uh, the guys there said, "You got to see this." Yeah, and it wasn't. No, it's no longer owned by Pete Townsend, but it was that white double neck guitar that he's kind of peeking through on the. Oh right, on right, the, right. On the either well, that must the, be it. That, but I don't remember him playing that in the in the that in that era. Usually in that era, it was uh, he he had moved on to uh, SGs. Well, was it not? I don't know, man. Well, it could be. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah. So, anyways, sorry. Thanks. <laughs> um, anyways, so Pete, uh, the herd, Pete Frampton's band supporting the Who. Great. Now, <laughs> the coup de gras. Mm. I have to say. <clears throat> He spoke French. I, 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 like I told you so. Wasn't that Austin? Paul Simonon's smashing on the cover of London Calling is the best you can get. It ain't ever going to be topped. <clears throat> Sorry about this as being long-winded. Trevor Newman, the most British name of all. <laughs> so there you go. 
There's a recount, a recap. Okay. From uh, from some you know a person who has been there, which was kind of cool, and seen a lot of that stuff, and the fact that he agreed with me. Yeah, that's pretty much the the reason you read. That it. is the that's, reason. That's right there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> thank you so much to Trevor for sending that in and for for sharing all that information. Um. Anyways, that's it for that. So there. Okay. All right then. Love it. You always win, Todd, because <laughs> you have you won't even let me touch the buttons on the Roadcaster Pro. Although he did let me push the record button. That's that's true. Special, that was, if, and if you play your cards here. right, Tony, I will let you push the record button next week too. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait till next week. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about what's going on on this week. Okay, um, Tony, why don't you kick us off here? I think I will. Um, so this week, um, my friend Chris, who builds guitars, um, he's kind of scaling back his business, doing only special order stuff. Um, he had a couple of, uh, of items that either were in process, stuff that, you know, nobody specced, but he, he put together. And, um, he had a, uh, uh, a flying V style uh, neck and body that was already together and painted. Quote, unquote, style. Style, yes. <laughs> heavy on the style. Trademark Gibson. <laughs> Very heavy on the style. <laughs> uh, Very heavy on the quotes. <laughs> Please don't sue us. And he, and he, was, uh, he had painted it uh, metallic orange or orange sparkle. It's a sparkle. Well, yeah, not metallic. Yeah, it's, it's it definitely. like foil. Yeah, it's, well, no. Gee, many Christmas, Tony. How long? I mean. A metallic paint has, has flakes in it. No. And, and then, yeah, it's, a, it's just smaller sparkle. That's smaller. actually what it is. It's just, it's just oh, like. Tony. Anyways. So anyhow, um, he's, you know, he's trying to move some things. And, and I, he gave the neck and body to me at a very good price. I appreciate that. Thanks, Chris. And um, so I am going to uh, put it together with, with various parts and things that I have. Uh, You're gonna, going to assemble it. I am going to assemble it. I am not a builder. Thank you. I am an assembler. Yes. Um, but it's pretty cool. And uh, I'm going to end up Tony going. Tony is an assembler. <laughs> Heavy on the ass. Wait a minute. You can say that, but I can't say. I said assembler. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. It's on now. But uh, so, in, I mean, this thing is, is it's just. It's really cool. It's glittery, sparkly. It, it, it looks, it awesome. looks And yeah. I'm going to do a, uh, a black and gold sparkle guard. I'm excited to hang it on the wall here, Tony. Uh, Are you going to put the guitar knobs <laughs> emblem on the pick card somewhere? Uh, Maybe no. on the headstock? No. no. Now, I could do that on the back actually. of the headstock. I could. I'll, I'll cut it. I'll carve it in with a uh, what is it? Wood pocket wood, knife? No, wood uh, wood burner. Oh, okay, that would be cool. Right through the finish. There you go. <laughs> but we'll get, um, we'll get a brander. Right. But anyhow, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I have another uh, V style that uh, that that Chris made years ago. And it's you know like, kind of like 50 specs. And this is a heavy 50 on spec. the Karina quote. Yeah, well, that one is Karina. This one, <laughs> this one is mahogany. Yes. yes. Um, and uh, and then I had a set of um, uh, my favorite Duncan pickups to put in guitars, which is a JB in the bridge and a Jazz in the neck. And uh, I sent those over to Zach at Brandonwound because I need to put gold covers and of course gold screws in those. So he's doing that for me. So. 
That's going to be awesome. Be a- is the pickguard going to be black or white? The pickguard is going to be black and gold sparkle. Mm, oh, like the first one that you made me for my Let's yeah. Fall special. Yes. That I opted not to use. Not because yeah. it wasn't cool looking. I just wanted something with he some wanted more, more blazo. Yes. So that so that's mm. that's kind of fun. I'm I'm so I'm looking forward to putting that together. I've got a couple other projects in the in the works as well, but you know, that's yeah. what I do. That that pick guard material will look amazing because it is it's subtle, but it's there. It's black, but then there's those gold yes. sparkly things in it. Yeah. Like I said, subtle but there. Subtle. Nice. It's yeah. very subtle. Yeah. Your, so, su- your soldering is subtle. <laughs> oh that's all oh I got. That's, that's all I got. That's a great that's guy. Big. Yep. Rob. I really do have nothing. That's nonsense. I know that that's nonsense for a fact. Nothing in my personal music where I'm too busy working on anybody else's stuff. I haven't, have I even Well, let's explain that for, for, a, a for a bit because um, every time that you're not on, we're basically saying Rob's really backed up. So help yeah. help, help us understand How that. about some brand? I, you need some brand flakes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be great if that would get some of the stuff out of my house. Um, <laughs> no, I, I literally like if, I don't. I might be able to fit a couple more amps within the walls, and mm-hmm. then it'll. I'll then be storing stuff underneath the tarp out front. It's nice. So much stuff right now, so it's ridiculous. So tell me about. Uh, do you have other cereal other than Cheerios in your house? Yeah, I don't, there's see, no uh, cereal in that box. We've already established it. Uh, the, the, and, it's the, not, and there is it's no filled cer- with ordinances. And there uh, is no cereal box. <laughs> and I thought it might either, be a hidden but. camera. <laughs> No, it was like five years ago, Todd came over and saw like the biggest box of Cheerios on top of my fridge. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, this no, has but been then the... it, but after that, then it was on the counter. And I was like, why? Why is so there's so, nothing else? He's been Were in my they... house like four times. No, I've been, I've been there many times now. Were they legitimately Cheerios or were yeah, they the generic they equivalents? Yeah. No, no, no. There, there, there's no substituting Cheerios. Plain Cheerios or Honey Nut? Uh, neither. No. 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 Those ones apple are cinnamon? Well, There's a yellow box. Apple cinnamon's usually my, my go-to. My photographic memory is photographic. Wasn't that, weren't yeah. they called Apple Jacks? Apple oh, Jacks those, are those delicious. Are great too. Those are great too. Aren't those the same thing? No. No, no they're different. Oh, so so what is your favorite Cheerios then? Apple cinnamon. Apple cinnamon. Absolutely. Nice. I have an addiction to but cinnamon. these were not. These was the yellow box of huh. Cheerios. Huh. I know that because there was a cutout of <laughs> what appeared to be a Glock. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Anyways, like you see in those movies, like yes. a prison movie where it's, it's, a, the, it's oh, a book. Right? It's yeah. in a book. It's, yeah. yeah. It's cut yeah. out the back. The file in the cake yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I know. So, that. yeah. So, I, so all I've got going on is me working on other people's messed up stuff like your, what is that, Sound City Concord? Is that what I was working on yesterday? Well, yeah. I don't think it's messed up, is it? Well, yeah. I mean, it has some issues, and it's that's got some issues. That's, I that's mean, it's a correcting. super old. Yeah, it's like a forty oddball. No, it's a fifty-year-old amp. Right, right. And that's it was crazy to think about. Yeah. Should he just take it somewhere else? <laughs> Boy, I, let, <laughs> at let, this point, no. Let, don't tell I, me. What did, what did, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Let me tell you. What did I tell Rob? I said I'm glad that you are working. I appreciate it. that. I, I truly do appreciate. Yeah, that. and it's not really that one's just like any of those old ones. You hit little it's be weird, awesome. little weird things you're not expecting. Like I had to, to pull out the fader. So once I got it apart, I got a decent look at the faders, and there was a lot of just hair and just stuff stuck in there yeah so i was like okay that's where all mine went yeah yeah, yeah. maybe that's what made us win in the, t- the tim bit i just had <laughs> that's, that's should not, i say that by not, name that's not I shouldn't to, say it. no you beep 
<laughs> that that's what just yeah, like the one that we found in the donut hole I just had. So so anyways, yeah. So that's all Fuzzy. I've been doing is working on people's stuff. Yeah. Literally, I haven't like I said, I haven't plugged in any of my own gear since the last gig. So have you opened up a magazine and looked at anything? Nope. No. Oh, okay. Wow. That's that's okay. Nope. All right. Well, good for you. You're yep. a busy boy. Yep. Yes. How about uh, you, Todd? Well, I have been, speaking of uh, Brandon Wound Pickups, um, I was talking with Zach. So I mentioned on a previous episode where uh, last minute I decided to swap out the pickup from the TV Jones to um, a humbucker uh, type pickup mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that Zach, who is now working on uh, Brandon Wound, is, is uh, had developed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Loosely based on something. Why? Why are you guys doing that to me? What? What are you what? doing? Yes. No. You're doing something. Stop it. <laughs> Echo. Yeah. Echo. Anyhow. <clears throat> so this week I was in talks with Zach Oswald. Talks. Is, that sounds very serious. Well, it's been, negotiations. Yes, we've been here. negotiations. We've been negotiating. Peace and, talks and talking. And uh, a couple. Well, I guess about two weeks ago, or whatever, um, and I mentioned this on the last show. I do I remember. Replaced the 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 TV Jones pickup, which is a great pickup, the Powertron, yeah. awesome pickup. But Powertron I, Plus. Played, yeah. Uh, no, was it? Did we get no, the Plus? No, this or was, was just, just the Powertron. The Powertron. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, so replaced the pickup. Yeah, but yeah, but and uh, so he's that was a temporary one because I borrowed it from Chase, who needs that one back. Zach this is, is building. This is me very a new complicated. One. It is. Yeah, I've 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 passed out like you know, ten <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> Anyways, he's he's creating a new one based on that uh-huh. spec that he made because that was like a one off, and I really liked it. Yeah. Um. And so he said, "Hey, let's talk about covers." And I was like, "Ooh," because I like things. I like the way the things look, and I put a lot of stock into like making sure that I try to you know present them a certain way. Uh, I so he said, "Hey, how about this one? How about this one? How about this one?" He showed me three different kinds. One was sort of like um, it would have it would be the type that you would put material uh, oh, under. Open, so it was like open open frame, open frame yeah. right? So like back in the days of the screen top pickups. Yes, exactly. So that's a that's for those who don't know what an open frame is. That would there be, you go. Thank you. Do you want to explain an open frame, Tony? Yeah, it's just if, imagine if you will, the sides and everything are covered, and then there's a rectangle cut out. Right, chrome sides. The, yeah. And yeah. open top. Yeah. It looks cool. Looks I really, looks that's really I cool. Do that. well, hold, I didn't. Hold on. Oh, no. Say open top, though. It's, does the, ha- the bobbins are still there, right? Bobbins are exposed. Okay. Yes. okay. Bobbins are exposed, like almost completely. Gotcha. gotcha. But, but there is a little bit of hangover, like lip yep. hangover around that. Yep. Why it's framed, okay. essentially. Framed. Thank you, Tony. Okay. Cool. And the next one is basically like a Filtertron style. But it's a humbucker size. But pickup. it's a humbucker size pickup. Okay. So he has a cover that will do that. Okay. So like, it's kind of got the two ovals with a thing across the middle. Correct. Correct. Okay. Which I really like the look of those. Those mm. are awesome looking. Yeah, they're okay. He's waiting for the third option. So far, he's not yeah. impressed. Well, give me the third um, option. So the third option is a full size cover. Yeah, but with the vertical uh, six radiator style cuts in it, but it's but I'm using six screws in it, so they're not open. So I'm we're gonna give that one a shot and see what that looks like. 
Tony's wrinkling his nose. And shaking his head. And yeah. notice he's quiet. Uh, he is quiet. So... But hey, and what's the fourth option? That, that's, those are the options. <laughs> well, okay, the, what's the what next I, one? What I wanted, what I would really like it, uh, originally is the full cover yeah. w- just with with 12, S- 12 screws. Yeah. But why didn't you just go with that? Because it's not a, an option okay. right now. So, all right. Well, well why not? So the, so the radiator yeah, cover, they they can look good. Um, they, they, I mean, I've I've used those on some guitars. They, they, yeah, they. It's, it's black it's bobbins look. underneath, so it's well, it's not as it's not as complex as when they put other stuff underneath that. I don't like it yeah. when they put other material. Yeah. Underneath the radiators. Yeah. So. All right. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and if I don't like it, then guess what? You can ah, always change the cover. It's my prerogative to change them out. Here's a question. Yeah. Does it have to have a cover? Are we overthinking this here? Uh, mine does. I want it uh, to have a cover because it's a single right. pickup. And so so I, I want some bling back there, man. Bling. Okay. That's my that's that's what I'm doing. Plus, he likes to cut the, the high end off of that's it. That's what I was going to say. Are you concerned no, about the change in tone? No. Covers, no. covers do cut high end. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I understand that, but... The screws are outside of it. Still. So. Can I explain this to you? <laughs> you Please. Man, explain it to Please feel him. free. <laughs> so, um, and th- this is... this. And I did, by the way, I did uh, talk to both Jared and Zach about that. And they said, you're not gonna, this is going to be fine. You're not gonna well, they obviously don't know what the hell they're talking no, about. Yeah. So don't go saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I they're mean... They're not here to defend traditionally, themselves. Traditionally... So. Um, a cover now with with the pole pieces exposed, it helps. But you're still creating a shield mm-hmm. around it, uh, around the coils of the pickup. Yep. And so, I think just by default, you end up. I mean, most people wouldn't even notice the difference. Where I notice a difference is like on a uh, Tele neck pickup, which is completely covered. Yeah. If you remove the cover from a Tele neck pickup, it brightens up considerably. Yeah. 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 It's more noticeable on single coils for sure. Yeah. But uh, but no, I think you'll be fine, and you know, you'll probably put the Powertron back in. <laughs> Ooh. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I. I but the, that's the, the fun of this. We can do whatever we want. Well, yeah, yeah. and that's and, and yeah. I think the pickup that Zach is winding for you is is a is a fun little option. As a side note, you ever find out what the magnets were and all that? Uh, no, not yet, because he's still. I think he's still kind of oh. honing it in. But I'm just I will. curious what you land on if they're if they're A2 or A5. Probably A5s. I was uh, thinking two, but no, but they're twos. Oh, they're twos. Yeah, because they're built off of. Uh, oh, you know what you're talking yeah. about. Yes. Cool. So, anyways, that's kind of I usually a shot prefer of the twos as well. Tony, I just showed Tony a picture, and he... He's, <laughs> well, I'll say this. It's very interesting. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I don't think it looks bad. It looks... Um, it's not quite as bad as a hair in a donut hole. But oh, no. <laughs> it, 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 Stop it, doing that. In oh. my hum, it's It's unique. Which is not a bad thing. It's like that's right. it's got its own look to it, I, and that's like that's the whole thing. It's like if I'm up there, I don't have well, you know, I've only got one of these lives to live. So if I'm up there, I'm going to be like, whoa, hey, look yeah, at that. that's no, cool. it's definitely. Unique. I don't think it looks bad at all. It's very unique. It's it's um it's busy, not necessarily in a bad way, right? But and but that's purposeful because the go, rest then. of the guitar is relatively simple. It's, oh, it's going to stand out. It's it's going to yeah. be like you see the guitar, but you really see the pickup for yeah, sure. Which and yeah, because yeah, yeah. I only have one. That's kind of what I was going okay. for. Yeah, giddy up. And that's why I originally picked the uh, the Powertron because it had the six six screws in it. So yeah, 
Tony's still not having it, but yeah, I, it, I understand where you're coming not from. Sold. Yeah. Not Anyways, sold. Anyways, that's okay. That's okay. All right. All right. Well, that was that was exciting. That's the everybody. show. Thank um, you for coming. Hey, all right. So let's get on with this. Um, loosely called, what, what else can we call this? So that uh, in my actual title. Um, let's call it um, Reminiscings. Reminiscings? That's <laughs> terrible. Junk box. Junk there box. There we go. Uh, like here's the junk box. But spell it J-U-N-Q-U-E. Junkie box. Junque. Junque box. Junk box. Okay. Uh, no, okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. We've got a bunch of topics that we've been rattling about. <laughs> topic number one. Mm-hmm. Is that topic T-O-P-I-Q-U-E? Topic. Oh, oh, my Lord. Yeah, topic okay, one. Stop. Just read. Stop. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying, Rob. I'm with you on this. All right. Where's his me? Voltage. Voltage. Oh, we're talking about different tube stuff? Yeah, so this yeah. is, I ran across a video, um, actually a couple, because I'm, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm interested in that stuff, and I always like learning things. And this was referencing how to control the voltage uh, at a, well, you know, like at a gig or whatever into your amp. Yeah. And I thought, why is that important? Because mm-hmm. I didn't really... I've heard, I've heard, you know, a few different things yeah. about like, you know, you actually brought up a really good point where, um, I said, I uh, yeah, yeah. You huh. said, get a really good fat cable, a power cord, good go into one oh, yeah, yeah, outlet yeah. and do your pedal board and your amp through that. Oh, so make yeah. sure it has like an, a, yeah, you know, so, the, the, so you the, get like, like a four way extender on the yeah, end of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what you usually tell people. Because, you know, sometimes you need extension cords. I always tell people get one of those 25 foot extensions that has three outlets on the other That's end. That's what I got. That's yeah. a good idea. So that way, you know, again, you might plug into an outlet right behind your amp and it has the ground lifted. So you then yeah, got to run shares across. Shares a common ground. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. It always shares common ground. You don't have ground loops. Here. Right. And the, the trick is usually you end in front of a stage if you're gigging. Um, They've got mm-hmm. a bunch of strips up there, and you just plug your stuff into those strips. But that's also where a lot of other things are drawing yep. from. And so anyways, I thought, that's pretty smart. So I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. I've got a big, giant cable. It weighs a, t- weighs a lot um, in my gig bag. But when you need it, it's right. nice. Yeah. But this brought me to learning about this other point about... Well, even if you're running both of those things or just your amp or whatever into the the wall and we, anybody who's yeah. gigged before, sometimes it does, it's sketchy well, back well, there. And yeah. you're like, Who, what are these electronics back here are and, and, a little and, and the outlets, questionable. Yeah. Most, most bars at most, if you're not professional and you're not on a, on a, a big distribution uh, you know, supply, you're plugging into an outlet on a stage that's 20 by 20, that that same outlet is powering a cooler, <laughs> a neon 40 feet away, uh, and, yes. you know, half the lighting or whatever. Right. So, yeah. So I think what you were referencing was more just the voltage, like where the voltage is at, but you also got noise issues. Well, that's, that's, that's a good point. Now, I th- from what I learned, this is maybe a little bit more relevant to vintage amps that had varying voltage um, requirements. But still, because some of those things that you just mentioned, like if you got one outlet powering half the stage mm-hmm. and half the bar, uh, you really don't know where that's at. And what the conclusion from this video was that it can really affect your sound. 
Um, so I just thought it'd be worth talking about that. Um, and specifically, what are some op- what are some things that that um, yeah can yeah. help that? And I think directly what what the one of the videos you're talking about was just talking about not necessarily again not necessarily dirty, but just the actual potential. Is it at 112 volts, 120, 127 volts, and how that can change? Are you and what you yeah, can do is to your regulate amp being that? overloaded or underloaded? Right. right. Underloaded. Tony, start us off. Let me take you back to the days of Eddie Van Halen. There you go. He was probably one of the first, if not the first, uh, guitarist to use what's called a variac, which is a voltage um, alternating device, resisting device. Yeah. So you can run... Transformer. Yeah, it's a transformer, a variable transformer. And what Edward used to do is basically starve his amps, which gave that, you know, when you turn the power off on, on a tube amplifier, <laughs> that sound just before it goes off quiet, that kind of grindy sound, um, that is from starving the tubes. And basically, I, I, I don't know what, what his uh, said. He, he probably do that had to be too, under Tony. a... <laughs> yes, indeed. Run a road trip. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm not sure what voltage he used to use. You know, I was going to ask you, I, I, I've heard all kinds of things. I think uh, most recently I heard on a Dave Friedman podcast that it was like something like 90 volts. Okay. So, it was so something ridiculous it, you know, low. an amp that's rated at 120. Right. Uh, when you starve it at 90, it gets that kind of crunchy, grindy, starved, yeah. browned out yeah. uh, uh, sound that, uh, that he was famous for and a lot of other players have used it since. Wasn't that a result, though, of the amps being, like, so overpowered that you can't really turn it? To get that sound, you'd have to completely blast. Well, y- yes and no. So this, the folklore goes that he was cranking the amps all the way, and it wasn't necessarily to get that sound without having to crank them. He was cranking them. They were complaining about the volume. So right. then to, to then That's pull the I'm volume saying. down. Yeah. That's right. what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Just backwards, Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're now trying to do that to recreate that crank sound. He was like, I want crank sound. What can I do now to pull it down? Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. So um, there are a number of devices, including Variacs are still available. Yep. They're not terribly expensive. They're not. They're a little cumbersome because they really are more of a laboratory Yeah, equipment. they're meant to be benched up. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple of others out on the market that, uh, in you know, a, a Variac is good at regulating the output voltage but not necessarily the input and i think rob you brought up that um today whether you're at home or in the studio the studios mm-hmm. are probably a little better but in a bar or whatever the voltage coming out of the the wall the wall is can vary greatly it, most new build homes developments are running if you would put a multimeter on your outlet it would not be surprising to see 126 128 volts and that's a little too harsh for that. Well, and that's, I'm going to share. So this is what I learned. Okay. Rob, you already know this, but this is something that I didn't know. The transformer basically three times powers the, I'm messing up the words, but you know where I'm going. So, Save me. So what Todd's, yeah, what, what Todd's <laughs> describing me. here is that um, uh, whatever change you have in AC voltage, and this is a general kind of mathematics, um, inside your amp, when the tra- power transformer in your amp, it changes, uh, it's a step-up transformer that increases that AC voltage from 120 volts to a higher potential that's then switched to DC. 
Generally, most tube amps, yeah, it's a multiple of three. It amplifies. So the whole point is that if you're like, well, it's only eight volts difference, it's then multiple by three. Now it's 24. Now it's 24. Then you multiply it again because once you switch it to DC, it's 1.4 times. Oh. So, so, so it's like a 30-volt difference that you're talking, which is then like, okay, that's... That's, that's very not, that's noticeable. That's really bad for your. Well, not, not necessarily. It's not necessarily it's bad. Not necessarily it's just, bad. It's just different. So, so here's a great story for you. This is yeah, <laughs> good catch there, Mister Recovery. <laughs> um, I, I had a customer, um, local guy, good friend of mine. He is an anal nutbag, and he called me and said, "Man, you know, one show I play a month, my rig just sounds absolutely terrible." And I talked to him, and, and, and again, he notices every little detail. And I said, well, you know, you're not changing anything? No, nope, nope. It's this venue and this venue and this venue, whatever, where it always sounds bad. I said, well, get yourself a voltage regulator, not a, a, uh, uh, one of those uh, filtering units or anything, not yeah. a Variac, a voltage regulator. That's only job is whatever comes in, it puts out 120 volts steady. Long story short, he got that first weekend. He played this other venue. He was like, yep, that was the problem. He was like, the, that bar was running at 113 or whatever, and yeah. I hated the way my rig sounded, or it was at 126, whatever. Well, I think you made a really good point. One of your uh, latest Instagram postings uh, where mm, you're saying— The old deluxes. Yeah, well, even newer amps newer, are, yeah. are having problems with, uh, you know, these are basically brand new amps. Brand that, new. One was brand new. That new store power stock. tubes are just blown out. Yeah, yeah. So this is something, and, and there's a certain, I, I'm getting a lot of, I don't want to say angry comments, but um, comments that I'm a nutball on this that uh, from vintage guys go, no, no, the old uh, vintage uh, Fender Deluxes and Princetons, that's the way they were designed, yada, yada, yada. Well, not really. They might have been designed around 120 volt source because I think by the late 60s, that was the accepted standard. But the real world outlets were not running at 120 in the mid 60s. They were still 112 or something like that. The point of all this is that the deluxes back then, a 65 deluxe, would put about 400 volts on the plates of the output tubes, roughly 405, 390, something around there. Now, that same amp, when it comes in my shop, if I bias it at 120, we're now up to 420 or so. Okay. Someone else doing it at their home where they're not regulating the voltage into the amp, they're running a source of 126, so they're running it at 440 volts, let's say. Yeah. That's enough to chew up the, the grids. Any, yeah, any uh, production 6v6 now, except for the JJ, are only rated at 350 volts on the, on the screen. Ah. Four or 450 on the plate. But the screen is the real problem. They're only rated at 350. JJ tubes are rated at 450. But this is the problem, is, is it's actually the voltage applied to the screen is too much, and it's okay. causing the tubes to fail. Um, so in, in that's actually why I tell a lot of my guys to get a Variac or, you know, I'll throw out the name Some here. Some sort of regulator. Brown box. Okay. Well, and so brown box, the one that we we're talking about, the, the Amp, Amp RX? Amp RX. Amp RX. Brown box. That is literally almost a pedal pedal form it's about the size of a brick yeah maybe a little yeah so it's it's, it's about the size of a brick yeah. it's not something that you necessarily put on your board no. but it's not a it's, giant it's, amp top type rack thing the, or something like the, that the biggest difference between that and, and a normal variac a normal variac is typically uh cylindrical and it's it's bigger like we're talking the size of a volleyball or some slightly smaller whatever it's it's just not meant to be portable right. where where the brown box is kind of a very elegant in my opinion elegant simple solution 
that yeah, musicians can understand. So you can look down and go, that's exactly what exactly, it is. Exactly. Very clear and digital readout. You can adjust accordingly. Exactly. To to yeah. normalize that. Exactly. In. Exactly. No matter what comes in, you can set there's one knob that you set to match. So if you have, let's say, 125 volts coming in. With one knob, it if it's set to the bypass position, whatever they call it, it shows you it's 125 volts. You then adjust that knob until it says 120. So right. now, and then you can go. It diminishes up. by per like well, percent less. And right? then, but then past that, once you set the source voltage, then you can select how much you're diminishing it by three percent, five percent, whatever yeah, 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 different yeah, yeah. settings yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. So I could do it. Yeah. Exactly. It's very simple and yeah, it's clear. Like you said, very right. clear, easy voltage readout. So it's like, oh, me, you know. Musician, I'm right? Not, I and don't... Th those are coming in at like about three hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, mm. it's not cheap. But... They're not cheap, but if you happen to be at a gig and, and you're like, "This is the one," everybody's here. This is like, you know, I, I mean, personally, yeah. I feel like every show that we do, I approach it that way. Even if there's like, doesn't matter how many people are out there, right? Yeah. So, is that worth? ensuring that you've got peace of mind That's, that you're doing your best. Teach their own, you know? Yeah. For, for me, I, I would see that on certain amps, more vintage amps. Um, I think it can be a huge impact on your sound. Mm. Um, something newer, not necessarily like the reissue deluxes, but like I, my Bogner I use, I don't use one. That amp was pretty much designed to run at 120. So if I go up to 125 or go down to 115, eh, right. you know? But an amp that, that you feel really sounds its best at 112 or 114, then yeah, brown box might be a really good idea for those venues that are running 127 volts. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just what you want to put into it. Interesting. Is that something that people are, who are buying modern amps, like you just got a new amp from Sweetwater? Is that something that... I, I don't see a whole lot of that. And again, it depends on, on uh, your designation of modern amps, meaning like if it's a... Okay, it's for instance, your Marshall Origin. Yeah. I am, without seeing the schematic, yada, yada, I'm assuming that it was actually designed to operate at 120. Yeah. So I think that would be less impact, unless you find that you just prefer the sound with mm. 120 volts. I see. But it's already at that medium point. Whereas um, where I'm so... Well, but I could choose to starve it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a little different sound, and that yeah. might be your I'm thing. I'm not going to, because I'm not going to complicate things. I don't like complicating things, you guys. The the times I recommend them a lot are, <laughs> I'm finding, are the new Princeton and Deluxe Reverb reissues. Um, I, I, I can name two or three local guys, local full-time players that I've pushed into the brown box, because they were bringing their, me their Deluxe every three months, four months, because they were blowing tubes. Jeez. Mm. Um, and it was like, Hey, we got to do something about this. We got to get you, we got to pull your voltage down. This is a solution that you don't have to mod your amp. You can just plug your amp in. And then since then, all those guys, the three that on top of my head, yeah. I haven't seen them for a year. Hmm. So it good. did planned obsolescence. That's your, your, yeah, your, your business <laughs> model is flawed. So interesting. <laughs> so Look, I never want to see you guys again. Get well, out of here. Well, no, I mean, so after I see the same guy. For sure, every, no, every, you're trying to do the right every thing. Every month, it's like, yeah. it's like, man, I, yeah, there's, there's you're a chewing, bigger problem. You're chewing through output tubes. It's nothing yeah. I can do about this. Yeah. So uh, we're talking about tube amps. Is, does the voltage affect uh, solid state amps Great as much? Great question, Tony. Not nearly as much. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, more so because most solid state amps, um, tube amp, it, uh, I'm going to try to make this very simple. Tube amp, voltage comes in, goes through a transformer, 
increases the AC voltage, switches it to DC, and then that voltage, right after it's been rectified, switched to DC, goes right to all the components, right? And sometimes it gets inverted. Okay. He's, he's just trying to sound, sound yeah. ignore him. <laughs> okay, I'm just... Okay. Um, solid state amps almost always have um, regulation in there. Uh, okay. Uh, regulator Zener diodes actually set at a set voltage because these components are meant to run exactly at 15 volts. Okay. Exactly at 75 plus or minus. Okay. Or, so no. So they've got like built-in regulators. That's exactly it. They okay. have built-in regulation. Yeah. I was nice. really trying not to do. So, you know, remember kids do? in the hall? You're watching. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Watch <laughs> too much the, TV, the, guys. It was. I think it was. The, there was. He was on a, a squash thing, and he came in. And he was the eradicator. <laughs> eradicator. <laughs> so I was just thinking. There's a little tiny guy in your amp that was the regulator. Regulator. There's several little guys in your amp. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. <laughs> Well, yeah. now, uh, Squirrel. where do we go from here? <laughs> um, nice. Anyways. So that covers voltage, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's, I guess so. That's pretty I mean, fun. Yeah. Gives you a little bit. So, yeah. I. But now um, with the brown box thing, with your stuff, it, it would definitely keep you. You could set it so it's always 120 or maybe more with your Supro, I would imagine, that you would hear more of an impact. And mm. and, and you might not like. You might go down to 112 or 114 and go, ah. Uh, no, that's too bad. I don't really like it. But yeah. it, it would probably be more noticeable it'd be, it'd on a circuit like that. Yeah, more than anything, uh, rather than because I'm not chasing like the this, this untainable tone thing, like a you know a blues master. You just want or consistent. Like that. Just making sure that it's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. you know, that makes like sense. like the outlet that I was plugged in. I would have known. Now you know. Holy crap! If go. I would have had a brown box or whatever before then. It would have Sheesh. told you exactly how much voltage is coming out. Yeah. yeah. So was I starving it or was I overloading it? Probably starving it. Mm, I don't know. Question. That's the question of the day. Probably a yeah. faulty. Electricians are going, you're starving. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> next next big one. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of comments and a whole lot of news regarding all the tube stuff. Since we're just, let's just carry that oh, over okay. really quick. Yeah. So, okay. um. Rob, don't worry, guys. We're talking about yeah. other things besides tubes and today. Tony missed that episode. That was too bad. Yeah. I listened to it, though. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you did uh, a fine job. Thank yes. you. So, Especially the addendum. What, what, Tony, what's the update sound? Huh? The update sound. Tube updates. It's not in perfect rhythm. Otherwise, you're just saying the same letter over and over yeah. again. It's like SLS. I think he was actually Morse coding more donuts, please. Less hair. Where's my damn coffee? Hold the hair. All right. So what were we talking about? Throwing up in my mouth every time I see donuts. Bathtubs. Tube update. Tube updates. I don't know. What's what's the newest? What do you mean you don't know? You just had a whole list of things that we were talking. You knucklehead. Oh, not no 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 no. It's it's not okay. It's not tube updates. It's uh, uh, talking about uh, um, people are uh, um, how how their workarounds of new tubes. Like they're starting to use used tubes that they pulled from That's, amps. Yeah, yeah. So it's just an update and, on oh, in the, the noise stuff. Okay, noise. Yeah, and using used tubes. Used tubes. tubes. Text using used tubes. Okay, I'm actually, and I'll prompt that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there you go. 
Okay, so it's not necessarily a tube update on the situation of people can't get the tubes or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's we're seeing a lot of people starting to talk about different things about tubes. And actually, the thing that we just referenced is also potentially a way to protect the tubes that you have. Yeah, and that's something I guess you you tried to get me to talk about. Well, I want you to get <laughs> up into outer space and start no, repairing these things have to do that. So, in so, the vacuums okay, of so, space. So here's the problem. Remember, I was going to go up with the cosmonauts. Well, okay. well, I've spoken to my contact, yeah. Ivan, mm-hmm. and, and he tells me that they didn't even want the guys from the space station back. So the hopes of me going right. up are not uh, that's really... True. Uh, that's true. So you got to put that on the back burner. I, we we got to put that on the back burner for now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyways, a couple of the things <laughs> that, that we've seen is like... Yeah, I'll take that out. Um, <laughs> a couple of the things that we've seen, is, I'm hearing and seeing also on like Craigslist, like, hey, I hear the box of old tubes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, everybody's just going like, I got this random box of stuff. And then, um, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of tubes are going for sales and you're just like i don't know what they are but i probably need them right yeah yeah. so what kind of what can you tell us about like you know quote unquote old random tubes well and and to your point i'm seeing there are some youtube texts and that's big parentheses youtube texts um guys you know posting on youtube you know i work on guitar amps and blah 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 anyways um, i'm seeing quite a few of them posting that they're using what they call pulls which are Mm. tubes they Pulled from other amps in the right, past, the, like what we were kind of joking about, like buying up all the like old right. PV Kings and stuff like right, that. Right, right. So I see some tech saying, "Well, you know, I went to order some six L sixes and I couldn't get any, so I used some pulls and put them in my tester and matched them and blah 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 blah." So we're already seeing some again techs in parentheses putting used amp, used tubes, known pulls into other amps. Is that bad? You're pulling. You're, you're then going into Goodyear, and rather than selling you new tires, they're selling you tires they pulled off a car last month. Right. They were pulled off a car for a reason. Okay. Uh, oh, they were pulled off a car for a reason. That, that's what pulls are. It's just not when these just guys a, are a the, car that happens to have a couple of extra tires. That you're like, oh. Well, why would you ever pull perfectly good tires off a car? Well, if the car doesn't run. Good case. Fair play. Fair, fair play. Fair play. But that, that's not typical for, for... If your repair tech says he's going to use poles, it's it's somebody else would either have had to come in and abandon amp and he pulled the tubes from right. it just to use. We can't which fix is, this amp, but so I'll just and, go ahead and keep it. And that's, right. that's almost never. It's okay. they're, they're used tubes. That's what they okay. are. Okay. All right. Um, which I, we're not there yet, people. We're just not there yet. All right. You know? Um, so if you're being recommended opinion. that that's the best uh, road to go, maybe get a second opinion. Yeah, yeah. There are still techs out there that do have new stock still left. Just, just, yeah. There, there are some techs that literally, as the pieces come in, they order tubes one at a time, and those people have been caught with their pants down because, you yeah. know, they don't keep stock. But yeah, so we're not. Again, we're not there yet, and. Back to the tube update. I have been uh, notified some of my back orders from a month ago are going to be shipping soon. So this is good news that right. the, the whole thing may be resolving very quickly. But that is also a back order, and it doesn't mean that anything new is being made or being shipped. Right, right, right. Well, and especially JJ. They, they haven't shut down. They're, they're going to be. But, yeah, so, the, again, the overall thing is don't go put and use tubes or tubes that you had pulled out of your amp 10 Don't years go ago. go using those tubes. <laughs> I won't go using those tubes. <laughs> okay, that one's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so anyways, yeah, so. Thanks, Tony. You got me. 
But yeah, there's a lot of guys that are putting that up already that they're, yeah, like you said, matching old used tubes they had sitting around. And we may get there. Right. But that, that I but, hope not. But you're speaking directly about techs, and I'm talking about there's just random people who like I've got a bunch of old guitar kno- gear and here's my stuff who knows what you're going to be buying yeah I yeah. mean if you unless know? you're buying them for like next to nothing and you have a tube tester but I mean, but even then like a tube tester they don't it doesn't put it under load most yeah. of them don't even run it at full voltage yeah so really a tube tester is only good to tell you like okay this is thing it is light is up flat the vacuum is good <laughs> yeah I mean really is it shorted internally yeah. it doesn't you know it only tells you so much right but but yeah so I mean but you may if you buy a lot of 50 old tubes and there's a lot of RCA 66 606 you may be able to match and find some put together some good quads I don't know I wouldn't go spending $20 a tube on anything no. like that, you know? No. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Now, we're also seeing, I think there's just a, a lot of focus on this aspect of the sound world right now. Um, other ways, like ways to protect your tubes or ensure that you're doing everything you can to preserve the the sanctity of them so that you don't have to go get new ones for any under reason. And we actually talked about some of those things Mm -hmm. on that show that you were on. One of the one that comes up is um, I remember asking about, you know, transportation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. When it comes to you've got a tube head, which a lot of people will actually put in like a flight case or something like that or a road case. Um, and to help protect it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you've got a combo, your combo goes where, you, you, you know, where it fits. the amp part goes where the com- where the rest of everything goes. And that's also tied to a lot of weight, which can get bounced around and jostled yeah. and stuff. So one of the things I remember asking was, how much does, does mm. your tube transfer, your amp transportation affect the longevity, the longevity and or the quality of your tubes and how they are situated. Yeah, yeah. If, if, well, first of all, if you're going to have uh, an issue from a tube from a jostle or movement, um, it's usually going to be breakage. That's usually what it is. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it gets jostled around a lot, so then it becomes microphonic. In theory, yeah, but really it's usually breakage. Um, but like we talked about, you treat it like a big heavy box full of glass, you know, take right. precautions, you know, don't put it in a trailer without a road case, you right. know, kind of common sense stuff. And to this point, like since Tony wasn't here, how do you usually transport tube amps, Tony? Usually in the back seat, yeah. not in the trunk. There you go. And we talked about that. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I so. mean, and the other the, the one thing, one habit I got into years ago, especially with tubes that are easily accessible, uh, like a fender or whatever, is before I would plug it in or turn it on, I'd always push on oh. the tubes to make sure they're all seated. How about that? Nah, it's just one of those. If you can reach them. Yeah, I mean, like on a fender, the fender they're always they're right open, there. but like Vox's and some of the other ones are Can't closed. They're, they're, have, you, have you ever found one that's... Was uh, dropping out? Not really. Yeah, that's I what mean, I mean. Sometimes on EL eighty fours because of those little springy things that hold them. Yeah. in. Yeah, uh, I've had issues with. They come a little sideways, yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, but the, other than that, no. I, don't I really. mean, but it's just something I always did. Yeah, well, to, it doesn't hurt, you no. know. And and to that point, the reason I asked you that question is like, you know, how many gigs you've probably done where you've checked them? Where I, I don't check them like that, but case in point, you know, as long as you take care of it, yeah, you know, treat it like you know, prized possession, putting in your backseat and stuff. They generally won't come loose yeah so 
What about the noise factor? Noise factor, yeah. And I think this is something you mentioned that uh, uh, you saw a video in particular. They were addressing this, like things you can do to try to keep um, uh, microphonic output tubes in particular from, yeah. from being a wrap problem. Wrap them in aluminum foil. Absolutely. That works wonderful. <laughs> you are also, you just wrap them with cotton. I hear cotton, cotton. directly against the tube is a good idea. And you know, soak it in kerosene first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and it's actually interesting. Please actually, do not try that at home. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer. Um, I actually just returned some tubes back in February to my distributor for JJ. And I, I out of the, let's say, 1,000 tubes I get from the year, I return far less than 1%. Mm -hmm. And they never give me any hassle. And I'd say most of those are usually microphonic problems. Mm -hmm. And I only send back ones. Can you ones explain microphonic really quick? Microphonic, yeah. The, the tube itself it has a rattle to it where the components are loose and are rattling slightly, um, which is... Kind of normal, but microphonic is when the tube itself then amplifies that rattling. Right. Um, and you hear them as whistles or metallic rattles. It, so maybe something similar, as, as I think of that, is um, if, you're, if you tap on, if, if you have your guitar plugged in, mm -hmm. and you take like a little screwdriver and you tap the, you know, the pickup, or, if it goes tick, 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 or if it goes, you know, like, Okay. Or yeah, I, yeah. I mean, uh, typically it's it's loud. You can hear it when it does it, as opposed to one that's not active or you know. Yeah, yeah. And 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 every tube will do it. Like I get people call me and, and they've been watching YouTube stuff and they say, well, you know, when I tap my V1, my first preamp tube, no, mm -hmm. I can hear noise. I'm like, well, yeah, you're tapping. It's good. You're gonna get some noise. Yeah. It's it's when you're playing and you hear these weird sounds. That right. That's when it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or again, a lot, usually it's a lot of rattles or like a, rattle, a rattle, really, rattle. really high pitch feedback. Rattle, rattle, rattle feedback. Yeah. So you mentioned V1. If you, I, in my opinion, if you're going to spend money on a good tube, yeah, that's the first, first position, first, right? first position valve V1, because that is takes the signal from your guitar or other instrument and does the initial amplification. Yeah, and actually, and I think uh, a video that, that Todd is referencing a lot here too actually better explains that the reason that V1 is so, quote, sensitive is actually that everything after it is amplifying uh, its output. Gotcha. So if that one's a little noisy, it's being amplified by four other tubes after that, which then makes it huge. Yeah. Where a tube can you just move that one to a different position? And that's exactly, yeah, yeah. You can do that at a gig. You can, and a lot of times you can do that. You move from V1 to the phase inverter, which is the last, little tube before the output tubes that it's the, one it's the pinky it's the toe yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> so anyways um so yeah no you could swap those and in and that first one that was a little microphonic in the first position once you put in the phase inverter it, it's not nearly sensitive right 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 so you can swap those around so that way you don't have to buy a new tube you can just change positions of the tubes and and take care of it so mm -hmm. Um, but the bigger problem, I think, like what you were talking about, uh, Todd, was the output tube microphonics. You can't switch those. They oh, are what they yeah. are. Um, so, yeah, it, and there's people talking about – so these, there are these tube dampers, which are just silicone rings, high-temp silicone rings. You've probably seen them. They're bright orange. Um, and you can put those around the tube. Hmm. This sometimes helps. Um, I, it's become standard practice of me to put those on 6v6s and deluxe reverbs hmm. because the JJ 6v6s, unfortunately, are prone to microphonic noise. By the way, if anybody right now is just seeing an image of the Julia Roberts meme where she's look, overlaid with the math problems. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we haven't talked about anything math. 
Uh, boy. Well, just Anyways. talking about putting silicone rings on tubes. What's the mm, yeah. nothing high tech about that? Um, Please go ahead. So anyway, so yeah. So again, like the video, one of the videos you're referencing, you yeah. know, they're talking about putting dampers on there's, rings. And there's a yeah. whole bunch of different ones, whether it's different seatings for tubes and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And Do you uh, see a bit, I mean, is there a real big difference between um, the, I guess, some amps have like springs that like go over right over the top. And I don't mean the aftermarket ones. I mean like mm-hmm. regular, that's mm-hmm. how they came from the factory or the little aluminum, like they almost look like a bear trap yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. The clips. Um, I, I would say as far as holding the tube in either, yeah. because as we just talked about, there's yeah. very little actually pulling the tube. Um, as far as helping with microphonics, definitely the ones that the retaining caps or whatever you would call them that have the springs on your side that literally go on top of the right. tube. Right, it looks like a just aluminum, literally a solid al- uh, aluminum cover. Like With a, a tube spring in the you, bottom. So you can't see the actual tube itself. Oh, no, you're talking about preamp tubes then. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I'm just talking about... Well, well, well that, that's different. The, the, the aluminum shields that go over the entire tube, those yeah. are only made for preamps. Gotcha. So you can't... I was talking about output tubes. Um, those are the, the, the uh, bare trap claw or two springs on either one spring on either side with a cap on it yeah so if we're talking the claw versus the cap for output tubes yes the cap would actually touch the tube in theory dampening it somewhat and you can then put a silicone ring underneath that in between the tube and the cap to physically push down and kind of mute the tube as well um which you know some people say it doesn't help at all it can't hurt for sure Okay. Um, if I have a particularly horribly noisy amp that has the, the spring caps, I'll put a ring around the tube and one between the cap and the tube. Does it matter the kind of amp that you have? So like some amps, your tubes are sitting upright. Sometimes they're hanging. Does that matter? Mm-mm. No. No, no. Because the problem with the, the microphonic rattle is just the tube itself. What, what happens, especially in combo amps, you play a note, the speaker is two inches away from the mm. tube. The tube then rattles at all frequencies, but at certain frequencies, certain notes, it causes two parts in the tube to, to resonate, and then it amplifies itself. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, whether it's upside down, sideways, whatever, that's not it. That you know situation of events is going to happen regardless. So all you can do is try to grab the tube with, like, dampening rings to keep it from rattling at all. Right. Interesting. Uh, it, I, I, that has a lot of other implications. Like, if if you have a two, if you have a uh, a head, mm-hmm. and you sit it next to yep. your uh, your cabinet, not on top of your cabinet, yep. will mm-hmm. it actually sound yep. better and preserve? It, the- it will have it will have less noise in the studio. Like, if you notice most studio picks of your favorite band or whatever, yeah, the heads are in a different room, yeah. And a lot of times they're sitting on foam and they'll have them stacked on top of each other with foam between it. Yeah. That's all why. They're trying to take all those noises out of the equation. Interesting. And and absolutely, I I now own two combo amps. Um, let's see if I keep them. But um, I almost always buy heads and cabinets for that reason. Combo amps, you're just going to have more microphonic problems, period. Interesting. And it's because those tubes are right next to the speaker. Wow. Look at that, everybody. Mm. I, the, I, I did, didn't know that that's great and i was talking about uh someone interrupted me 20 minutes ago but um <laughs> probably tony I, I was returning uh some some jj tubes and i said you know i returned less than one percent yada yada my last return 
over half of them were rejected for a return. And I was like, excuse me, what? You've never done this before. I, I return almost nothing. And they said, because um, I returned it for microphonics. And they said something to the fact of, uh, except for this one brand, we're not accepting returns for microphonics. So mm. I think this might be a new trend that where I would say that that tube is rejected because the microphonics are just inexcusable. They're saying, no, it's your amp is stupid. Uh, no, mm. they're just saying, well, welcome to the world of tubes right yeah, now. Yeah, they're oh, saying, gotcha. be glad you got tubes. Exactly. <laughs> I think that, <laughs> right. so, so yeah. And, and likewise, I've got customers that are bringing things. Eh, it's a little radley. I'm just like. JJ, where's JJ located again? Slovakia. Oh. Um, but yeah, I'm telling customers, if you got something that's just a little rattly, just deal with it for now. I mean, yeah. you know, and I'm trying my best not to replace any tubes that are just a little noisy under certain circumstances. It's yeah. like, unless it's just like, oh my God, it's terrible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it is what it is. That's so interesting. I'm still thinking about the, you know, because I've always been a combo guy. Like, I like yeah. I like the idea of a combo. But it's convenient, but... It is, but yeah, that, that doesn't... That makes me think yeah. quite a bit. So, um, and if you're dooming, boy, <laughs> don't get a combo. Don't get a combo. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, but you know, if you're dooming, you probably have a head the size right. of an RV. Right. Anyway, exactly. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here is another one. Um, we were talking about. Um, oh, you know, I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna switch it up and save this for later. Okay. Patent versus trademark. Needle off the record. Yeah. Hard left. But there have been, uh, between people we know and and people that we know personally and people that we're, we're hearing and seeing things about out in the world, uh, there seems to be a lot of... Um, controversy. Controversy. And Discussion. I would just say <laughs> that... There are a lot of builders that we focus on, particularly on the show, that we've had on the show. And we do try to pull in people that are trying to create something, some some form with their own fingerprint on it, okay? It, mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't mean like somebody that's just assembling, you know, right, replicas right, right. of we, what we know exactly a that there's z- almost zero right. difference. Right. We're talking about somebody that, yeah, is like you said, is is maybe I've cr- I've I've thought of something that I haven't seen before, or I'm putting my own real big twist right. on like something. This, right? Yeah, this is a unique body there's shape. There's a unique or body something. shape. There's yeah. a unique pedal aspect, format, configuration, amp, any of that stuff. Right. Right. Um, and it doesn't mean that the people who are making things that are very, 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 very closely, almost indistinctively closely, aren't, are doing something bad. Mm-hmm. We're just, that's not what we're focusing on. We were trying to, to celebrate people who are like, hey, I made something and this wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we, we do love that. Those people that are doing that are investing in an immense amount of time an immense amount of their resources, immense amount of, um, you know, the blood, g- sweat, and blood, tears. sweat, and tears. Exactly. And it's important that that's paid off by us acknowledging that, which is one why the, the show even exists, yeah. but also that we more important, uh, maybe protect that. 
yeah. you know, and, 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 and help recognize like, Hey, this is, this is a, a thing over here and yeah. let's, how do we protect that? So we were discussing the difference between, you know, like, well, how can somebody do that? If there's a builder, if there's a guitar maker out there, who's like, I created my own shape. This I've never seen this before. And this is, this is my creation. Now, as much as everybody goes and, and, and is like poo-pooing and getting mad about some of the huge builders yeah. um, that are, they're doing the same thing. Right. I mean, so it's a, it's a very, I've had a lot of conversations over the last couple yeah. months mm-hmm. about this. And there are people who see this as a very black and white thing. This is a very, this is maybe unfortunately a very gray thing. Yeah. At least I think it should be at least less gray, see, maybe not see, black and white. See, and, and, and I lean more towards black and white. Well, there's reasons for where I where yeah. I'm well, saying this, and, 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 and this I, is the conversation. And, and I think it's it's our each individual viewpoint where we sit in this industry as far as consumer and producer and everything in between. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, to that point, one of the things that we've been talking about is how can smaller builders maybe protect their sel- themselves and their ideas. One of the biggest arguments for this is Tony's going to drop on us. So they're essentially, if it is a true design, um, whether it's a shape or, you know, a very, circuit or yeah, a, anything a circuit like layout that. Or, a, or a format or... There are essentially two options. The first is a design patent. Um, design patents cost a lot of money. They do. And they uh, require like, very, like, very. I'm going to interrupt. Yeah. What's a lot of money? Um, I mean, I would like say. What's a minimum filing? Three to five thousand dollars. Okay, and that's say. like for an attorney to put it together. Attorney to has file to put it. it. There's a specialized attorney that does it. Um, there are very specific drawings that, they that have to that have to be presented, and there are companies that do patent yep. drawings. Right. And then there's the you know the descriptions and everything like that, the okay. filing fees, and then it you know has to go through a and review. It takes a long time. And it yeah, it, it How takes long? about a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Okay. Typically. Okay. Um, unless it's some you know they find something that is comparable that already has right. a patent. already exists. Right. Right. And that's part of the process. They they and, and whoever you're hired to to handle this too, do they first do a search, cursory search to see if there's anything they already usually, out there? They usually, they would hire a, a okay. company that does nothing. That's their okay. special. Just like there's a company that does the drawings and a company right, that does right. the yeah. verbiage and things so like that. So they kind of check it all out, make sure it doesn't already right. exist or anything too close, and right. then they file it. Then so you all those really cool like blueprints of mm-hmm. like the Telecaster, right. you know, that's or what the, sorry, the Broadcaster, um, that's when... Well, it would be the Telecaster because they, you know, anyways. Right. right. Well, it, were, it was it was the electric guitar. Yeah. Electric solid body instrument. That's right. That would, so, but the so, point being So is, I sidetracked you. Go yes. Okay. That is what that is. Okay. And go ahead, Tony. So um, a lot of companies, especially in the, in the early 70s, Fender, Gibson, Martin, several others, um, there's kind of a shortcut um, and that is the use of a trademark. And trademarks generally are less expensive to file. They are faster, generally speaking, and um, somewhat easier to defend. Uh, if you have a design patent and somebody basically duplicates what you're doing, you also have to have a bunch of money 
so that you can legally defend that thing. And if you're going up against somebody who has big, deep pockets, right, you're going to lose. But to that point, though, and this has been the, the, the overwhelming argument against, forget about trying to do a, um, a uh, copy. Um, Design patent. A, a patent, just, yeah, like a, a proper patent. But while you, like your number one con, comp, uh, competition or predator may not be the biggest guitar no. company on the planet. It right. could be, could be another small. builder. You're like, hey, builder, that looks an awful lot like the thing that I'm building right now. Ha. So yeah. now, that stands to be a protection. Now, before we go over there, now, trademark. So you can trademark. So design patent, as I understand it, is all-encompassing, meaning like it, it, it's how the bridge mounts to this. It's how this is attached to this. This A trademark would be more like we're trademarking the V shape. Or trademarking our headstock shape. Well, there, there's, there's two things. So you can file a, a, a design patent on, right. on a unique shape, right? Whether it be the body but, or a headstock. But you can't des, uh, trademark the entire guitar. How you attach your bridge? That has to be a, a that has to be a mechanical patent, right? right? I mean, I think for the for a trademark, it has to be because it is used in conjunction with your brand name, right? Uh, right things so mm-hmm. you can file a trade uh, a, a trademark. trademark and this is this is what in the 70s what a lot of companies did because japanese companies were basically right. duplicating fenders and gibsons and rickenbackers so what, what's and, a good example of um, a trademark versus the design patent tony well um aren't the both the fender headstock shapes haven't those been defended by trademarks not correct yeah, patent. it's all those. Not so, 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 so those not are just the perfect. shapes. Yeah, yeah it's not. A so uh, if you if you go back into archives, so Fender has hundreds of patents. Um, some of them are for pickups. Some of them are for like a, the, the the one that comes immediately to mind is the Jazzmaster Tremolo, mm-hmm. and it shows that body with that you know the it's kind of a unique tremolo system. Uh, it's not a Bigsby and it's not a Maestro. It's not just aesthetic either. It is right, right. functional. It's, it's, it's about the different. functionality. It's, yeah, and it's three-dimensional, it's not just. So that, you know, the Jazzmaster Jaguar Tremolo is a patented design. Yes. Right. Um, Gibson PAF pickups, patent applied for, and then became Gibson patent pickups. They applied right. for the patent for a humbucking design pickup. And there's some controversy in that too, because how it was awarded. But, yeah. um, but you know that is a patent. Now, when it came to trademarks, because Fender had already sold and Gibson had already sold instruments, they really couldn't file a true patent. Right. A patent because has to be filed before you first sell something. That's correct. And, and just filed, not awarded, right? Not completed. Not, not, yeah, it has to be filed. Which is why we see the patent applied for on yeah, everything. Correct. Okay. Um, so what they opted for uh, to prevent Japanese companies from basically duplicating Fender headstocks, Gibson open book headstocks, the Rickenbacker shape, including... You know, I, I don't know if Rickenbacker did this on purpose or if they just lucked into it because their uh, uh, trademark drawings show, in addition to the shape of the headstock, the kind of uh, triangle-shaped uh, truss, cover. truss rod cover. Yeah. And that is because of wow. what it is. It is protected by a trademark. Um which good for them. That I mean, Absolutely. That, that you know that 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 that's a double double protection. Yeah. But um, so that in the early seventies, that's what 
uh, all these major companies filed to prevent Japanese companies from basically duplicating and whatever, even if they, you know, used you know, didn't put that exact logo on it. It was the shape. And let me interrupt you here. So kind of to where we're talking about now, where obviously the problem isn't knockoffs from Japan, it's it's knockoffs from uh, countries China, like China. Indonesia. The, the trademarks worked because uh, Japan was an international trading partner that had agreements for trademark where Correct. we don't have those agreements with China. They, Correct. They could, Thus the Chibson. Exactly. I mean, they could stamp out exact Gibson and, uh, headstocks like well. Rickenbacker. And, yeah. and for instance, you know, not that I recommend anybody do this, but, you know, it's much easier to get things like, for instance, in Canada that are, say, replicas. Really? Uh, because they do not have those trade agreements with, uh, with China. So interesting. So they, you know, it, it's it's a very it gets into a lot of shades of gray when you're getting into this yeah. stuff. I don't ne- I don't necessarily recommend anybody go out and you know certainly I would not condone passing off right right a, no, no, no. a you know a obvious replica or copy that right. may even say Gibson or whatever on the headstock. I don't recommend doing mm. that. Uh, that brings me up to something I'll bring up later. Okay, you can do that. But I, I think, uh, you know, these trademarks in particular are probably the best way. And if it's a small builder uh, that has a specific design of a body or a headstock or yeah. whatever, it's it's not as expensive as going for a patent. And if you've already sold instruments, you probably, you'd have to go with the trademark route well, anyhow. Well, and, and, and I, I think... Most small builders, what they might be setting themselves apart, they're probably not reinventing the pickup. They're probably not reinventing a bridge. Mm-hmm. It probably is shape and and visual, you yeah. know, cosmetic stuff, which would fall under trademark anyways. Correct. You know, you wouldn't need a patent. And and that's where if we start to see the black and white starts to become a little bit grayer. Yeah. Because right. to what degree is it different, right? But. I, well, think I, I guess if the if the trademark's if awarded, then it's different enough. It is, you know. I think just a general sort of, I guess, craft understanding would be if you're having to justify it, maybe it's too close. Maybe it's too close. But but then again, you got to think of it this way: How many small builders? Like, I'll see somebody come out with a a what they think is a unique pedal idea, and I'll go, no. So and so over here, I did it because there's so many people. So the pedal, the pedal industry well, is a, is a, is a little bit different. Well, it, it is, it is. But you know, so you've got a small builder, let's say in Columbus, Ohio, that does, you know, let's say six guitars a, a month, and you've got a small builder in Iceland that does six guitars a month. They may not know, and they may have come up with almost the same kind of yes adjusted shape. Who's going to sue who, and who's? I mean, well, they, they just happen to develop at the same time. You know, I, I think. I think that, okay, so where I see a lot of gripe happening, and whether this is Jared talking about DiMarzio or, you know, I mean, he said that one openly, so we'll just go with that. <laughs> and Even though he's not people. here, we're going to throw him under the bus. Well, no, I mean, he, you know. Good job, Jared. The, yeah, thanks, the, Jared. The, the, problem, the problem is that when you have people who are aggressively yes. and, yeah. and mm-hmm. with great force enthusiasm and, let's and enthusiasm yeah. maybe yeah. going after yeah people that can no way defend in any in any way yeah. shape or form or are protecting something that is so wide and vague that it prohibits anybody from 
from even creating their own version of anything close to that yeah is where people get their feathers ruffled understood it is it is tricky and this is where the gray part because like well yeah but they came up with that right so is that bad or is it is it just bad because they're big and they've got a lot of money and you're they're not letting me play in the same sandbox as far as the big companies my take on is is um I'll say this name because I think they've done this a little better. Fender isn't demonized nearly as much as some other brands are. Right. Um, But they have have very successfully protected their stuff, probably more so than other companies have. Um, But I think they've been a little more selective on who they go after and how they go after people. Right. And at a certain point, you can't put the genie back in the box, you, the bottle. You can't, but if you but if you think about, <laughs> Dang it, I almost if, saved it. <laughs> if, if you think about Fender stuff, they kind of have, and 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 how they've gotten around it too is that they do the the licensing of the necks through all parts and somebody yes. else. Yeah, now. but that doesn't prevent all the other builders. It it doesn't, but but they very quietly. I know personally know a few builders that have gotten letters from Fender. Okay. Because mm-hmm. the headstock was too close, yeah, mm-hmm. and just I, well, by too close we mean identical. Let's yeah, be exactly. Honest. And 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 a gentle letter to a small builder that's only doing five guitars a month, or right. Ten or whatever is enough, right? You know, yeah. and they don't have to make a whole thing, and they're not going after other big companies who also make S-shaped guitars. It's like, well, that that that's, that that yeah, horse that's, is out of the barn. Yeah. We're not going to. But if you're going to that copy genie headstock, is out of the bottle. Yeah, box or box box whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think you know some companies have, like I said, have been more the big guys because they haven't just just drilled everybody. They're not Fender's not going after Schechter because they make an S shaped guitar. They're like, well, yeah, okay, but yeah. don't copy our headstock. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, because that it, that milks out of the cow. That's a little bit, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and wasn't there a lawsuit years ago that Fender did try to do something with the bodies and it was quickly struck down? Well, I mean. Uh, Yes, and 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 in some cases, I mean, it was Fender and Gibson. I, I don't know if you remember, just a few years ago, Gibson was licensing the sh- the flying V shape. The oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, and, and I I don't know how that all ended up. I I think a, a point here is if it's a a person that's building something for themselves, most of these major companies don't, nope. they're not going to come after Right? You. No, it's resale. But that, yeah, when, when they see, after. you know, stuff showing up on eBay or if you have it on a website, right. They, or, and they or perceive you're selling is using it. Yep. Yeah. If yep. you're, if you're selling hundreds of guitars. Well, well or, or remember, I mean, in the early two thousands, I, I can remember so many small builders all over the country were putting the, the fender decal oh, yeah. right on the headstock. Yeah. You know, so th- th- I mean, that's, that's kind of yeah, that's, yeah. that's where themselves. the gray and the black yeah. and white. Yeah, that's like, uh, it's it's yeah. right exactly. Yeah, so I think it's to a certain degree you have people who are sort of I don't know if it's crying wolf is the same thing, but they're complaining about Gibson going after people or or any other major manufacturer, but then also copying other right. small builders or or heavily being influenced by yeah. other small builders. Yeah. Well, I think we see yeah. this more in the guitar world. Yeah. Uh, the, in maybe not so much amps well, and definitely but, not but, pedals. But, and you mentioned amps and pedals. The problem with the amps and pedals is is that it it's not as distinct. You, you, it's almost impossible to trademark a circuit 
It just is because there's only so many ways you can put resistors and caps where where you can draw something on a piece of paper paper and call it a guitar and it'll be you know the shape of your hand. It's like well nobody's ever trademarked that shape before, so right you're good. Well, I th- you know? I think too that there is just an understanding of like the pedal world of builders is seems to be like oh wow you cr- you figured out a slightly different way to do this thing and you did something different and people actually celebrate that well, including ce- the builders they, themselves they, they celebrate it but then you've got knockoffs from china they're being sold mm-hmm. on ebay for 29.95 of every new pedal that comes yeah. out and, even boutique stuff and yes. even old stuff and, and every, old stuff everything. however to the argument uh, even with the guitars is that if like gibson shouldn't be threatened because if people really want the gibson you know in theory they're going to buy that. They're not going to buy the one that isn't one, but well, it looks like it. it. I'm not. I'm not saying that that is correct oh, or incorrect oh, no, 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 or no, valid no, or invalid. No, I was going to say, and and my longstanding viewpoint on that. I own two Gibsons. I don't own any. I, I don't. I've never owned any knockoff cars. Actually, I only buy the thing. Right. Um, as far as Gibson, they always seem to be in the spotlight. That that that's a lawsuit here. It's a lawsuit there. I really wish they would focus more on rather than putting out the competition by lawsuit. Build it at a better price, at a cheaper price, so then there's they don't need to have any comp. There won't be any competition. Mm-hmm. You know, there will be the Chinese knockoffs that yeah, are two hundred dollars. That yeah, which they can't sue them but out of existence. You could also anyways, argue you know? by doing that that their that their quality and the reason you would buy that one is be, you are spending the extra to have. This is the best, or this is the well, most quality, no, or and, this and, is and, the whatever. And they should continue that. But, yeah. but that's what I'm saying is like, it, let, for instance, let's say there's a builder in Arkansas right now that is making um, exact duplicates. He calls it the 59 uh, Les Paul standard or whatever, or right. Paul standard is what he's, and he's selling them for three grand or whatever. Not you know roughly priced, would you buy Les Paul? The only reason he's in existence is because he's able to give someone some level of quality or some or customization unique or... no i'm saying he's making knockoffs nothing he's not making them in dinosaur purple he's making a okay. 59 you know and this is happening there's these guys yeah. are still doing this and they're still putting their own logo headstock on it um but you know what are they offering that gibson isn't right because they got the name too so what's the or here's a case in point Collings guitars a lot of them are i mean they're not knockoffs they've got their own but they're you look at it, it's like, okay, that's their version of a Les Paul. That's sure. their version of a right. of a junior or whatever. Well, how are they able to sell those guitars for more than a Gibson? That's the thing that I don't understand. I truly don't understand. Have you that. ever picked up a Callings? I, I don't mean just Callings. I mean, right. there are a lot of other yeah. builders and everything. And that's where I'm saying it, it's really, really murky. So mm-hmm. the, when when people are like, you know, raising up and throwing their fists around about, oh, this isn't fair, this isn't fair and stuff. Okay, what is the context of the argument? Yeah. How is, there's, it it isn't, and this is what I mean by it's not black and white. There are a lot of factors that go into whatever that argument is. And just like any hot topic, it gets polarized completely to it's either this or it's either that. The far exchange rather than, And it's just simply not that, but where this originally started was honoring the craft and the creativity of people who are creating unique things. Just do that. And don't like it. So, so if you're going to take the time to, to do something, 
make it your own. So, so, so to that point, I, I, I think where you come from is more the small builder. So you don't have, yes. so, so you've got somebody that's created this unique body shape, you know, somebody else in the industry, big or small, shouldn't try to steal that or, or borrow directly from them. I, I see this happening more in the pedal world though. I do see a company will, will come out with a, a, not a drastically unique pedal, but their own take on whatever. And these cosmetics, um, I can't think of any right off the top of my head, but literally it's like, this is their look at their pedal. And then I see a Chinese knockoff sure. show up on Amazon six months later. That's like, it's, they change yeah. one letter in the I name, identical. you know, but, but, but I think the pedal where we understand, like that's going to happen and well, well, it's well, not a, but, 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 it's to, not a thing. but to your point, I think it's on us as musicians to go, I'm not going to support that. I'm going to support the real thing, even though it's four times as expensive because that's the guy who who designed that. But my point is that I believe that the audience, especially that listens to this show, does honor that. And they do believe that. I've got so many... So, I know. I, I've got so many customers, though, that, that would be like, well, I just bought the... the Was it Nux? Is that one of those brands on Amazon? You're thinking like Joyo or something? Yeah, I mean, like, exactly. Well, yeah, but it was only 40 bucks, and it's, it's, yeah. it's close enough to this. But well, cool, but that's by fine. you doing that... That guy that designed it, he doesn't make money by selling the units. He makes money. The selling of the units pays him back for his 800 hours designing the product. You yeah. Know? I, I, I get that. I, yeah. I th But I do believe that the pedal world is a little bit more about that exploration because there are so many variables. There are endless possibilities but, 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 of variables. And, and I'm not talking about somebody's new take on the clone. I'm talking about if someone... It comes out with whatever they're. they're t I'm trying that to is totally the, the, unique. Okay, the Archer. It's it's a clone. It's it's it, it is well yeah. I just call it, yeah clone clone right. Yeah. Now if someone and maybe this already exists where Joe Yo or whatever one of these companies has already made the armor, and it has the same styling and everything. It's like you know, but they just renamed. They said, oh, we could take this Archer and change a couple things, and now we sell them for a quarter of the price. To wrap that that whole thing up, the whole point I was making about the endless possibilities is just simply that that is the part that's celebrated. And because those are usually at a smaller price point, the more the merrier. It That has been sort of the – that has been – what is your hand raised I have now? To, I have to interrupt again. You say almost like, well, you know, smaller price point is not as, as big of a deal. Then you got somebody like Keeley who sold a million of his compressors. Yeah. That's a big deal. That, yeah. that, Why that's, is that a big deal? Well, you, well, I mean, I know that that's a big deal. Otherwise, versus like if someone rips off a body shape, it's like, well, that's huge. But, but that's that, my point. That's my point. Oh, okay. So you're agreeing with me. I, you In know, a roundabout I, way. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah I, hadn't, I hadn't finished there. So, okay, sorry, so my, sorry. Point, my point was that in the pedal world, there are so many variables and there are countless ways. And that is celebrated in in that realm more so than in the guitar building world because there are only that there's like there's only so many things you're going to be able to do that are truly distinctive that it's and and it takes a lot longer and it's a much bigger investment and um there's a lot more for someone to ramp up to actually be able to create these things so there's there's a lot more at stake when it comes to this is the body shape that I came up with. And then you start and then all of a sudden you see it in two other places and you're like, right. yeah. guys, come on. I how do you how are we doing this to each other? Equally as devastating for sure. I mean, 
And and that's that's why we're going back to electronics. That's why the, the some pedal guys and amp guys goop their stuff. Yeah, and people flip out about. It. But that's why because they just spent two hundred hours tweaking this thing, and then somebody right. just knocks it the, off. But the you difference know? is that people are going to still buy those, and and they're not the somebody who's buying a thousand dollar pedal. Oh well, that is not going to. No, no, buy I'm, the thirty dollars. No, no, I, but I'm not so talking about. I'm not talking about the. I'm talking about the guy who's the Keeley, who when he first came out with his compressor, thank God at that time there weren't these knockoffs. Right. Otherwise, would there be a Keeley now? Because he would have been like, I'm not making them. I'm not able to sell them because they're selling my knockoff on right, but, Amazon. Right. But he's for 30 building bucks. all kinds of other ones as well. Not right? back then. No. That, that that's what I mean. Wait, when when he came no, out with yeah. compressor, but that's what I'm saying is at that time. Whereas now you've got a small builder that might come out with a pedal, and then if it's knocked off almost right away, it's like, well, right. But but, but to my point, <laughs> it the ocean it is drops in an ocean, not drops in a glass. And I think that that is a a, a difference. Mom and dad are fighting again. It might yeah. be, and and this is also this is a mentality that is. You, you can't change, like, a group's mentality yeah. based on that. It's, it's just that is the way that, that things are playing out. But it's an interesting topic, and I'm sure it's going to continue to evolve. It, so let, let me just go on. Uh, I'll, let me just say that if, uh, if you want to play your conscience and you want to do the right thing, then you should support, whether it's a smaller build or the person that came out with it. Yeah. It's inevitable that there are going to be knockoffs and probably cheaper and more readily available, whatever. Um, there's going to be a, a, a certain group of buyers that are just going to buy strictly by price, and they don't really care. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, and I think the listeners of this show in particular do support uh, the people that come yeah. up with certain things and, yeah. and ideas, and whether it's a pedal, an amp, a guitar, whatever. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, I guess the, the best thing to do is to do what you think is the right thing. And, uh, right, and if you are a builder, try to do some of those right things that can actually protect you. When it, now, and you and me have gone, kind of been going back and forth about you know where you draw the lines and all this. You know, um, question for Tony because yep. Tony has openly said you know you buy the knockoffs from China, whatever. And mm-hmm. so, why do you buy those products? Like, why is that enticing to you? I have a sickness. Yeah, but in all seriousness, is is it is it that you have a signal you want to well, explore these new things and I that's the affordable th- I think option? That's part of it, yeah. Affordability is definitely one of the things. Uh, availability is another one of the things. Mm-hmm. There are some uh, you know Chinese knockoffs that are models that are not available, simply not available at all. Just simply not available. That's at usually all. what you kind of tend to go for. Yeah, and for the record, you have an awful lot of. Actual, right? Yes. Owner, builder, right. and then I just I just ask a question because I know me. I I haven't. I've never bought anything like that. Yeah, uh, Todd. I don't know if you have, and he's just sitting here. And I said, I know Tony buys these. So yeah. what's yeah. you know why? So do that's you... that. Yeah, I think that's that's really about it. And and I you know I try to be, you know I certainly wouldn't resell the, anything. Like Absolutely. This. Yeah. Right. Right. First right. of all, you can't. Right. Right. I right. mean, you pop it on eBay or something like that, and it right. gets knocked off. That goes to a, a very interesting. Uh, thing that happened at the Nashville Guitar Show. Segway. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I was, I, we, so we were perusing, and so I had two points to talk about the Nashville Guitar Show. One, it was great to be at a guitar show. Yeah. And saw a lot of fantastic people. And it's great to be in Nashville, too. And it's great to be in Nashville. I was hanging out with my little buddy, Jared. 
and we had a great time. There were there were three things that I had noticed um, in that show. First of all, um, was the strange. It's like if you're going to a guitar show, it's either a show in which you are saying, these are my things and I'm just sharing it with the world. Or it is now a retail event. Mm-hmm. The mentality that I believe goes along with these shows is that you have the opportunity to get your products in front of a whole bunch of people and just move it and or, you know, whatever. I can't, like, there was one batch of, there's like this huge pedal of tables. Pedal of tables? Pedal of tables. I would like this, to see there's that. There's specifically, there is a um, table these of pedals? tables of pedals. And they were at or above yeah. r- retail right. for used pedals. And I'm like, guys, what, what is this? Uh, and some of them were astronomically high. And it was it was so off-putting. I like looked at a couple and I was like, this is stupid. Why are you like the and now as a buyer, that's me saying that. As a seller, they might say, that's how much it costs, dude. Okay, I can kind of get there. But the spirit of these shows, like it's a we don't we don't come to the show to not buy stuff. Mm-hmm. We come to the show to buy stuff. If you make it prohibitive, or if I can go get this anywhere else, if I feel like I'm not being given a deal and I feel like I'm being taken advantage of because I happen to be there, I am not inclined to buy from you. Uh, absolutely. Now, now, as a guy that's in Tony, you've been going to guitar shows for, well, me, I mean, th- almost 30 years, whatever. Yeah. Way back when, there was no internet. That's how these vintage guys would sell their stuff. So it wasn't market value. Then I think we noticed when the internet came in, it was... That's where you get the deals. And around that same time, I would see a lot of dealers pulling out their garage specials. Yeah. Like they would just have yep. junk, just absolute junk filling their entire booth, you know? Yeah. Good junk. One man's junk's another oh, man's junk. No, treasure. no, no. I mean, like, I mean, like junk. Remember those crate amps that were like crates? Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, no, I would pass by a dealer's booth and it would be over half of it would be that stuff. Okay. And it's like, what do you, well, you drug all this out to a guitar show? You know, what's, you, you got a, a real 59 Les Paul across the aisle. And There's somebody who's turning around in the back of their chair right now looking at their collection of actual crate amps. <laughs> Wallow <going>. crate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but I mean, when you go to a, again, at, up until that point when you went to a, a, a guitar show, um, again, 30 years ago, you would go in and like, I remember when I bought my first Marshall, I walked in, I had like $600 in my pocket. I want a 50 watt Marshall head. There were half a dozen for that price. Yeah. That, that's just where you bought them back then. You couldn't get them on the internet. Right. And then, like I said, so, so it had that kind of, that's what the guitar shows were at that point. Yeah. Then it changed so, to more like of a like, swap meet. well, yeah, uh, but a high, you know, a quality higher end swap meet, and yes. then it switched to kind of a mix between a garage, you know, you know, uh, junk bin, Swap meet with with really overpriced vintage stuff. Point now is that I'm seeing more and more new stuff, or like you're saying, just dealers bringing out just their stock of what they also have on Reverb, also have on eBay and everything. Right. My point there was just that it seemed... it just kind of killed the spirit of, of the show for me. Well, but I think the other part that you're missing maybe is that sometimes prices are set 
higher, knowing that there will be some haggling oh, going on. That's and a good point you're too. You're going to settle for you know there. You know if I you know if I bring a guitar in that's eleven hundred dollars, I know that I'll probably get nine hundred out of it. That's fair, but so if you, you bring they, it in for fifteen hundred, yeah. thinking you're going to get nine, that's messed up. Yeah, that's well, that's all I'm saying. I'm like some of the stuff. I'm like. What you're you're not even well, making it like and, 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 dealable. No, and, and I agree. And and you probably dealt with dealers at these shows before too, where where they'll have something listed at let's say you know something that is selling on the market for nine hundred dollars, and they have it marked for thirteen. And you go, man, can you take any less? And they go, yeah, I'll take twelve five. Yeah, and, yes. and, and, and they're just they're just on Pluto. It's like there's no way you're going to get that for it. And then at the end of the show, they're standing there, and you go back, you go, well, you take nine now, okay. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I mean, but that's just personality. That's right. I, I'm just saying I know, I know a you, blanket statement. I if, know you were very off put by the the I don't know. Well, it, it, again, it's just acknowledge if but in their world if people are coming there to 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 do that and and you already are just like this is what I'm expecting out of it. I, I was just, I, I was just me. I don't disagree with you. And I do the same thing. And I walk away from those deals. I don't get like personally hurt. I just go, well, that guy's in outer space, but whatever, you know, that's his, yeah, that's I'm how he getting, wants to sell. I'm not getting personally hurt. It just, it, I was thinking about it from the perspective of like our, the show and what we talk mm-hmm, about right. and, and, mm-hmm. and the enthusiasm we have for this stuff and right. the idea of like rushing in and going, Ooh, where's a good deal? None of it's a good deal. Cause they're all trying to <laughs> ask for like no. crazy, insane it, prices. It, it, it did, I mean, I wasn't there. I'm curious. I what? didn't buy a, I, you know what I bought? So, 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 so that was a standard. Most of the stuff you went, these yes, are all, that's why I'm wow. adamant right now. Like yeah. I couldn't believe it. Even like crap pedals. I'm like, guys, that's disappointing. Yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. Why do you think, why do you think so many people were so, Absorbent because the they prices. think they can't because they think that that's that they can get it, but but my and they might. But what I found was as I kept doing laps, I kept seeing the same stuff on every single table, yeah. none of it was moving, yeah. And I ended up, I bought Candio from the cars, <laughs> I bought an I bought an album for my daughter, and I bought another album, Psychedelic Furs, nah. 1984. Yeah, that's what I walked out with. Out of out of driving to Nashville to go to a guitar show, you couldn't find any. with an entire center filled with guitar stuff. Well, and, and to your point, if I was driving to Nashville now, like uh, just how it is, if I want X Y pedal, whatever, I could find on Reverb, whatever. Exactly, and that's my. I point. get it. I so get it. I won't yeah. be going to that anymore. Unique. I grew up going to like every Saturday was going to get to the garage sales with my dad and my grandpa mm-hmm. and. It was, it was the th- like the thrill of like, ooh, you pull up and you're like, you know, trying to see what's going on. And this is in California where they actually do garage sales on the weekends, which is people do garage sales during the week in Ohio. I don't understand. Anyways, board housewives. It's weird. It's weird. Anyway, so the 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 whole thing is we'd chase these things down. and You're like, you jump out and you're like, oh, what am I gonna find, right? And I have that same excitement when I go to a guitar show, mm. and if I do find something that I'm really like, ooh, I haven't seen this, or ooh, that's interesting, and, and then and yeah. then it becomes like, well, it's not worth it. No. I just there's no there's no point but, at all for and, me to go. And, and you and, know and, what? And, and, and then if I'm looking at guitars, I'm like, oh hey, awesome, that's a forty five thousand dollar guitar. 
Right. I'm not going to be able to buy it. You know, but like two people here can do that. Well, and, and, and two points, you know, that, that's why I don't even go to the local show here anymore. Because for the last decade, it's like there's nothing there that I can't just get immediately through the internet or whatever at the same price. Unless you're you know? doing a good, like, you hey, haven't been to my trade stuff. <laughs> yeah, Tony's got all kinds of junk. Well, and, and I don't know, if, I, I know Tony's probably hip to this, but when I used to do the guitar shows when I was managing the retail location, the local store, um, all the good stuff disappears before the doors open. Yep. Many times, yes, yeah. but a lot at, of times the, that gets real repurposed prices. too. Well, sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what, yeah, I would trade with other dealers. They come over and they see a, a early Squire sitting on my booth for four hundred bucks, and at that time that was the going price. And they're like, hey, well, you know, are we willing to move? I said, yeah, actually, I'm gonna move this thing. What you got? Oh, I'll take that. I'll be able to sell yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. You know, and you're right. And then he sells it from his booth. I sell it from mine. And right, yeah. So on that note, I went by this one particular dealer. And it was like, oh, these are cool guitars. These are cool guitars. And then I started leaving. I was like, wait. And I caught out of the corner of my eye a Union Jack Epiphone. Mm. And I was like, what? Because those are not out in the wild. The the Noel Gallagher signature model, Supernova, Union Jack Epiphone. Mm -hmm. They just not, we don't know. Because by and large, I mean, if you look on if you look online right now, they're all in that same price point. Mm -hmm. So... Um, this particular one, I was looking at it and I, and I was like 700 bucks and I was like, holy crap, you know? And I'm, I mean, I was ready to, I am, you know, almost broke my hand reaching for my wallet, but then I started looking at it. I was like, uh-huh. nope, this is this, they got this on DH gate for sure. And I started seeing all the mm. little stuff. And the thing that bothered me is I, I said, Hey, is this? Is this a, 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 an authentic episode? Uh, I don't know. Mm, yeah. Bull crap you don't know. Bull crap you don't know. You're out here in Nashville trying to sell guitars. That's, man, don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't, you, you, you know. You like some, to give people the benefit of the doubt. Somebody else who may not be as wary could end up losing a whole bunch. That's, that's not cool. Don't do that. Yep. Yep. I mean, it, for the right price, like the one Tony that that you guys gave me, mm-hmm. I love that. I absolutely love it. It's it is. I cherish it. You know all the things that are wrong with that. Oh yeah, but but I'm okay and, with that. And to your point, if you'd walked up on that and it was marked, let's say four hundred dollars, and you asked the guy, says, "No, no, this is a a knockoff from this yeah. is what it is." I probably would have bought it. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so that was just yeah. that was the thing. Yeah. Anyways, all right, everybody. Well, that was super duper fun. We're gonna check in with uh, Tony, yeah, because Jared's not here, so we're just gonna. Did Jared borrow the El Camino? He did. Again? He took it for the he's, weekend to, to he's move, moving, stuff. move stuff. Yes, because uh, I could. I didn't see it outside here. You know what we have to do to make sure he doesn't keep doing that? We need to get some of those old Subaru Brat seats and put them in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Jump seats. Yeah. Yeah, let's How do that it. ever legal? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. dear God. Anyways, I don't think ahead. it ever was. So, ladies and gentlemen, at this point of the show, it's our favorite thing to do. It's our game show. It's called Would You Rather? Yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's, that's accurate. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, so, this one is pretty straightforward. Straight, yes. plain and simple. Um, we have two options. Yes. You're walking down the street. Uh-huh. 
and a genie grants you a special wish. Would you rather be able to only nail your perfect tone live or your perfect tone in the studio? And that comes from Scott Philp. Yes. Thank you, Scott, for sending that in. Thank you, Scott. So very simple. You got two choices. The genie says you can have perfect tone in the live setting or in the studio setting. Okay. Which would you choose? All right. Tony, you go first. Yes. (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, Tony. (laughs) Um, I think that I would choose to have perfect tone in the studio. Why? Because once it's recorded, it's there forever. Yes. Now, I, I you know, I, I think even in a live setting, you can get pretty close to that. And let's face it, live doesn't always sound like the recorded, nor should it sound like the recorded version. That's part of the joy of having yeah. live music and mm-hmm. seeing people that you admire in person. So I would say that's my last final answer. I am going to have perfect tone in the studio. Okay. My turn? Yes. Uh, Live. Mm. And the reason live, it Mm. didn't really... I'm not thinking theoretical. I I never do studio stuff anymore. I never do any studio work. It's just playing live for my own enjoyment once or twice a month, so... Well, maybe if you had perfect tone in the studio, you'd get more jobs. Well, it's not that people don't call. It's that (laughs) it doesn't pay enough for me to do. (laughs) I see that as work now where I see playing live as my hobby. Yeah. So that's that's why I say live. It's just not, you know... Yeah. Yeah. But okay, but yeah, if I was still doing both, absolutely, I'd be with you on the studio because that's cast forever. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll accept your answer. Yeah, thank you, Todd. I'm going with live, live because that is that's something that I like. If I'm confident, I sound good. Mm. I'm gonna play mm-hmm. like I want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to know that I can kind of let it fly and not have to constantly be worrying about it and going, is everybody thinking? Because, you know, granted, the studio, the, the people in the audience probably aren't know. going to know, but I know. And that's going to affect my actual performance. And when I get into the studio, I know that the engineer is going to help make any adjustments along the way beyond what I can do. Yeah. So that's why I'm going with. How about you, Jared? Well, well, I can't. I can't yeah, you do his voice so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jared would say, He'd say live. live. Yeah, yeah, he would absolutely. All right. Well, Jared, buddy, we miss you. Uh, hopefully, you're back on the next one. And uh, oh yeah, guys, I'll be on the next one. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, so yeah. we are going to th- thank a few people here. That's right, Todd, because at this point of the show, we like to thank a very special group of people. These are our executive producers. Now, you might be wondering, what is an executive producer? And more importantly, how can I become an executive producer? Very simple. Go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and check out the uh, couple of levels in which you can participate. Become a member. Become a supporter of the guitar knobs. And you get a couple of, I mean, there's just some great stuff that 
thank you gifts and things that Todd is so nice about sending out. But there's one thing more. Hmm. Rob, what is it? Get your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing, and that's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Moon Guitars. Vader and Pedals. Drew Lopez. John Helverson. Rick Calhoun. Trevor Gunberg. Elad Mizrahi. Jason Rausch. Mikey D. Richard Kendall. Mark Garten. Matt Hart. James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalaro, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterley, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, John Anglin, Tom Brazen, John Sluhan, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk from Wonderful Audio Technology. What? David Poe, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, and Brett Hogarth. Thank you very much. But don't interrupt me, Todd. Uh. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. There's another level of executive producer. We call them our grand poobas. These fine patrons wear a fez upon their hat. Their hat? They wear a fez upon their hat? No, they wear it upon their head. I suppose you could put it on your hat. I guess you could. It depends on the hat. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. But anyhow, it's required by law. When they listen to the podcast, they have to have, just have to have it on. Wear that fez. I'm watching you right now. I've got cameras. (laughs) That's not creepy at all. Hey, you, Manasco, get that, get that, get that thing back on. Okay. So special, special, special thanks to these <laughs> grand poobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wyown Pickups, Hex Matos, Michio Marakishi, Bob Crouch, Jake Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. And Eddie Serratos. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You betcha. Thank you all so very much. And uh, we need to find out. R- uh, Rob, w- Tony, Rob, Tony, Rob, Tony, Tony, Rob, Tony, where can people Let's get Let's do it at the same time. What? No, kidding. Hey. That's, uh, we'll do it Roney. <laughs> yeah. Tony Roney. What? Go. <laughs> the San Francisco tree. People... <laughs> <laughs> Just go over to pa- or <laughs> patreon.com. Well, yeah, we've already so, established so, that. Let's go over there. <laughs> but then after you go there, go to pickguardian.com. Check out a the stuff that I have available for sale online, but I do a lot more custom work than anything else. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you need, what you want, what you're trying to do. And I will take very, very good care of you. Right on. Rob. Mad cow amplification, Instagram, reverb, Facebook, OnlyFans. No. It, it, your only fans basically you just rant about stuff that's all you that do. could be something yeah yeah but
but you do it in some weird outfit or something. Oh boy. Yeah, that would be he, do, he, can he do does a not actually have a thing, so don't <laughs> go there. I do mean, that to our knowledge, he does not. He do can do TikTok. It. I don't even know what TikTok is. Yes, I'm so old. All right. Hey, everybody. Know. You can send me an email, Todd at theguitarnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at guitarnobs. We'd love to hear uh, anything you'd like to share with us. And send in your would you rathers. We know that you got them. So do that. And we're so thankful and grateful for the audience out there who is listening, including you, person who is going, wait, me, that's me. Yes, that's you. Um, we hope that you have a fantastic guitar week. And subscribe! Ah, yes, you do! What the hell was that? <laughs> Those things. What? God, he hates so everything. Weird. I don't hate everything. You're like, no, you're Todd's like the one that hates I don't everything. Hate everything. You clearly give hate it to everything. Mikey. He won't like it. He hates everything. Okay. Um, more Timbits. Big <laughs> fat. You don't need any more sugar. <laughs> Taking these away from you. Medley. Go ahead. <laughs> I got the press record. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Let's do something. Let's make. Did you get a hair? I think this is a yes. He got a hair in his timber. Uh, oh well. <laughs> there you go. It's not awful. I can't eat it now. Now some. <laughs> they're making them timbits. Yeah, I felt a little bit like Tina, like ha 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 ha. He was like, "Is this seriously?" Mm. Oh. I, <laughs> I actually had a cut. It was somewhat satisfying. I'm not going to lie. I know that feeling. I so let's do something. Let's do it. All right, Jared, slow down. Well, let me inspect it for Hang on. Hair. Yeah. You're really going to do that now. Well, hold on here. What are the chances there'd be more than one hair in there? God, I know, but it would be. Sick. I can't believe that there was... That I had to do three <clears throat> full <throat> pulls to get this hair out of this donut hole. Yeah. Mm. All right. I'm thinking Let's about eating back. this last Tim bit, by there the way. Go. Do it. Bob's, Bur Bob's Burgers. Oh, Bob's Oh, Burgers. I've never seen that. Yeah, I um, what? <clears throat> well, yeah, you wouldn't laugh. You don't how, think. How you, did, you, you don't like funny things. How does he get. <laughs> that I, was good. Can I press the button? Trash here? Can I press the button? Yes. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.